Hey guys, this is Jesus. I want to thank the following Patreon listeners. Adam Bueller, Keith Showalter, Connor Arnold, HP Lovecraft Live, Eric, Matthew Prohl, Case, Struggle Bus, Night Spider, and Marius Salisbury. Thanks for helping us be these gangsters of the night. Before we get started this week, we just want to acknowledge that we know we're releasing this episode in a very trying time. If you are listening to this episode in the future, if this is now part of the backlog, this episode is coming out in the middle of March 2020 when we are just kind of getting our heads around this coronavirus pandemic here in the U.S. New York City has been on something akin to lockdown for the last week. And we know a lot of you around the world are facing really similar situations. So we want to say, first of all, we are standing right there with you. We're going through this with all of you. And we really want to encourage you that even in this time of social distancing, there's still lots of ways to reach out and connect with each other. Social media can be a trash fire, admittedly, but to do a little self-promo, Fandible has a Discord. There's a link on our website. You can also just hit us up on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, and we can get you the link that way. But it's a place where we are chatting about all sorts of things, some gaming-related, also just not. So if you need a place to reach out to like-minded people, kind of take your mind off of everything that's going on in the world, we would love to have you with us. And of course, we just want to reiterate everything you've been hearing from officials for the last month. It goes beyond hand-washing. We're now in the time of social distancing. Please make sure that you're being really mindful if you are one of the people that do have to leave the house. We have so much respect and thanks for the first responders, for our delivery people. They really are keeping our society moving as much as possible right now. And of course, we know some of you do have jobs that require you to be out of the house for other reasons. But if you're not one of those people, this is the perfect time to binge a podcast, start your own podcast, catch up on your Netflix queue. This is the perfect excuse for that. And we really hope you take advantage of this time and stay safe, everybody. On with the game. Mickey runs in from the desert, and he did find a stick on the way back. Uh, so he's he runs up to Joe, and he's like, "Look, I'm gonna lie to the kid, but not to you. That's not the stick. Drop it, idiot." Oh, this was the stick. Anyway, I'm, look, look, I found a dead a dead body out there. Some guy smelled normal. I mean, dead, but normal. Right. Stab wound right to the chest. Okay, let's go take a look. Angela, uh, as he says, like, I found a guy, stab wound. Uh, I'm going to pay a, a point. And there's going to be a picture on the wall of Antonio oh. and Mama Mia, like, you know, surrounded by kids. So you see the picture on does the wall. Does it look like Antonio? It does. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen the guy before, but it, oh, 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 that's his picture right there. No. Oh. oh, rest in peace, Antonio. I hardly yeah. knew you. Actually, I didn't know who the hell you were. Yeah, he smelled nice. That's weird. Okay, but that's, you know, any information in an investigation is, is that's something. So he's out there. How do he die? Stab him through the chest. Like, painfully, I guess. Through the chest or through the heart? Was it through the chest or was it through the heart? I, I like, you, you can't really tell. Yeah, you're, uh, not, you're not trained. Yeah, you I'm know not, it was I'm through the chest. Sure. All right. Okay. Well, Bumpo and I figured out that, um, kid, it looks like we're dealing with the Holy Rollers. Oh. Yeah, Knights Templar probably took an exception to uh, the lady of the house. So, looks like they sent a bunch of blood bags in here to make a scene. But I got good news. All right. They're going to be back. How is that good news? Because we're going to be here. 
Oh. Come on, kid. You can't be slinging hooch all the time. You gotta want to get out there into the real world. You're a young, strapping lad. Howl at the moon a little. Have some fun. Show the kids how it's done. I mean, if they're coming here to hurt the kids. Hey, hey, that, hey, hey, you got good, good news, good news. I called Trixie to be, you know, play babysitter because she owes us, you know, for life. That's good news? But I, instead, I talked to that broad who's uh, handling at the boarding house, and she's going to take him for the night. That is good news. Ah, that's better than Trixie. Yeah, I'm going to shove all these kids into the, uh, in the hearse. Oh my god, I've been on the clock the entire time. Kids, let's work, work, work. And I, I pass like a really nice vase and I pick it up and like, okay, this will work. This, this might work. This <laughs> work. And we are moving towards the hearse. Okay. Uh, trying to get these kids all into the damn hearse. Which is like herding cats. Sometimes literally because there's definitely a little cat girl. Is the hearse still there? Yes, it is. We get all the kids in. It's a tight fit, but this is the 1950s. He'll be fine. And I pay the bill to get them back to the boarding room. And I pay him in, you know, first money. And then I give him the vase. And then he kind of looks at me and I give him my watch as payment. He immediately puts the watch on his hand. And uh, he actually has a collection of watches up his wrist. You are not the first person to have to basically barter your ride. Unfortunately, those are a couple of my watches, though. Because yeah. <laughs> it's not the first time I've had a barter for a ride. <laughs> oh, God, I want that one. One's like a really nice Rolex that he like he gave to this guy like 10 years ago when he was like down on his luck. Oh, one day. All right. Thank you. Another happy experience. Another lost watch. Bones takes him away. So you got the kids out of the orphanage. Now, the kids said that they were going to, that the Holy Rollers were going to come back tonight. Not very specific in terms of, of time. So you're not sure how long you're going to have before trouble comes back to your doorstep. How do you want to prepare? Well, as long as those kids aren't coming back, then I don't see it as trouble coming at all. This is going to be adults v. adults. Talk about it nice and calm. Okay, bump up. Mickey. Yep. So if it was zombies, we would know what to do. Mm. If it was mm. vampires, we would know what to do. Mm. If it was aliens, okay, mm. we wouldn't know what to do, but it would be exciting. This is going to be humans, people, mortals. They can come in even if you don't invite them. They're not afraid of silver. They can cross running water. They don't speak backwards in tongues. They're terrifying. Yeah. So they have none of our weaknesses. And if they're the Templar, they know how to deal with uh, the likes of me, the likes of you, and probably the likes of him. Uh, I'm too young to die. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Listen, they're expecting to find this place filled with scared children. We're going to give them scared children. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go, and we're going to let them come in nice and easy, and we're going to ambush them and kick their ass, okay? You ever see that old movie, Amigos, Amigos, Amigos? I can't say I have. It's where these three idiots, right? They dress up like amigos and they go down to Mexico and they keep saving people. It's uh, Dusty and Little Two. Anyway, it's not the point. There's this one movie where they all, they get a bunch of people to dress up as the amigos. So they never know exactly who the real amigos are. These guys are expecting a bunch of kids, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's make it look like there are a bunch of kids in the window still. Feel out what they're here to do. Maybe not in the windows, but we could definitely put some of their clothing in beds, hide them in there, yeah. put a light on in here so they know to go and check out what's going on in there. That's a good idea. So, yeah, we're going to start setting up a trap of just filling like their beds with clothing and stuff. We're going to have like a single lantern in the light so it looks like, you know, if, even if they pick in, it looks like kids are sleeping. And uh, Bump's going to do what he does best. He's hiding under the bed. 
We're just going to set up an ambush for him, mm-hmm. I'd say. So it sounds like you all are creating advantages here. Yeah. The base difficulty for that is just one success, and that will allow you to create your advantage. That then gives you a free invoke on that advantage. If you succeed with style, there's two free invocations. So describe exactly what each of you are doing to set up your part of this and what advantage you want set on the scene. Basically what I'm doing is I'm setting a single lantern high up near the window. So the bottom floor is mostly shadows and darkness, Mm -hmm. and that's where I'm going to be residing. So I got a two, I rolled two, plus three, which is five, but I get a plus two for making advantages of horror, so seven. Wow, that goes well beyond succeeding with style. I can either give you three free invokes on one advantage, or you can create two advantages with one free invoke each. I'll I'll make two advantages. So dark floor. Mm -hmm. And uh, another advantage I'll do also is peaceful slumber. It looks like a peaceful, the kids are sleeping. That's what Bump does. He sets up, you know, puts the clothes on the bed and then makes it nice and dark for him to hide under the beds. Joe, what do you do? Joe is going to get on the horn and he's going to call. Now we had a satyr who is the backup, right? Fred. Joe's going to get on the horn with Fred. Uh, what you calling me for, Joe? Well, Fred, I got some good news for you. Hope your night's open. It's just a Saturday. I can't imagine what a satyr like you would be up to. But <laughs> I mean, I kind of got my hands full at the moment, if you know what I mean. I do, and it horrifies me. Now, uh, as it stands right now, me, Mickey, and Bumper are busy sorting out uh, some paperwork for the bar. And... Uh, you know, shucks, I, if the place stays closed all night, it's going to be a, a bad look. So I was thinking, why don't you take whatever party you're having and throw it over there? I happen to know exactly where Mickey is keeping some of his finer ectoplasm behind the bar. And I know the combination to it. Now, this might sound like bribery because it is. Listen, I need you to do something for me. You poor hooch, you get some money, uh, take the share. I don't care. But I'm going to call the bar, and when you hear my voice, I'm going to hang up. And then five minutes after that, I need you to call a number that I give you, and then I need you to say that you are a police officer, and that you wanted to make sure that sounds of gunfire were unfounded. I need you to pretend to be a cop. Can you do that for me? Uh, let me let me talk it over with my, <laughs> my lady friends. And you hear like, hey, babe. Gotta go to the bar, taking the show on the road. Now, don't worry, I'm not gonna forget about you either. I feel bad because he's probably alone in his like apartment <laughs> and he's just talking to cats. It's absolutely. I the, the camera doesn't follow. Fred's not the protagonist, so yeah. the camera doesn't follow over there. You'll never know. <sighs> and uh, Joe shakes his head. Take that as a yes. Hangs up the phone. Well, if you're this is your the advantage that you're trying to create, that means you need to roll. I do have to roll. I'm going to assume this is a drama roll. Sounds like it's drama. You're not threatening him, so it's not horror. Bam. And we are two. I got a two. All right. That gives you one success, so you'll have one free invoke on this. What is the advantage that you're creating? Fuzz on the line. All right. And Mickey. (sighs) What am I going to do? I think Mickey's just going to try and home alone this, basically. He's going to set some actual traps. All right. I am advocating for horror here because I referenced Home Alone, but he's making straight up deadly traps. He is made like putting like 
you know, whatever chunks of wood are going to be like snapped. He's got the supernatural strength, so he's going to take like you know chunks of wood from the uh, from the, the destroyed uh, playground outside, chunks of rock from like the the, the crumbled walls, uh, you know whatever he needs to basically make sort of they call it, like swinging traps, basically like, mm-hmm. setting stuff up that you know when when people go past doorways, like it just swings a chunk of wood with like pointy bits in so the like, general direction and since you don't have high tech things yeah, exactly. here it's basically like trip wires yeah exactly thing, right? exactly yeah. but again right. he's he, the, that's why I'm, I'm advocating for horror because he's making them like no these mm-hmm. are meant to kill and maim not like trip and you know and confuse cool All right. damn nice. uh, that's three on the dice and my horror is plus three so six total very nice uh, so yeah. again you succeed with lots of style just like bump did so I will either give you three free invokes on all the traps, or you can create gonna, two separate. No, I'm gonna three free invokes on all the traps. Okay. What do we want to call this? I mean, all the traps could work, but uh, House of Horrors. Uh, oh, I like Ooh, that. I like that. Cool. Yeah, House of Horror. And I also love all of the ideas all of you have had. So free fate point for all of you. Joe would like to do one more thing. Joe is welcome to do one more thing. Wants to case out the building and find out where the. Fuse boxes. Oh, you're able to find that. It's not a full basement. There's a cellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly not one that's used very often. It's out in the the back in the playground area, and there are these large doors set into the ground. And you open them, and the metal shrieks as the rusted hinges come apart. That's going to be useful. Okay. And you go inside, and yeah, there's cobwebs everywhere. There's one bare light bulb. It is a normal light bulb that swings perilously when you actually like knock your head into it. That's how you discover there's a light there, and you find the fuse box. Joe is going to find where the phone line runs outside of the house, and he is going to take off some of the pins that keep it attached to the house and then runs into the holes, Mm -hmm. and he's going to drag it so it's kind of tucked in the door as he shuts the cellar door so that he has access to both the telephone line and to the power of the home. And are you like hiding down in the cellar? Is that where you're going to? Not yet. Okay. So I'll just put that out there. Creaky cellar doors as a general aspect. So you have to pay to use this one, but it's there. Okay. So Bump is hiding under the beds filled with fake sleeping children. Where are Joe and Mickey going to wait out the arrival of the Holy Rollers? Joe is just dragging a giant chair from the dining room, and it's like creaking across the floor, leaving indents, and he's going to, boom, put it right next to the phone, sit down, light a cigarette, take out a small flask, and pour himself some whiskey into one of the bloodshot glasses that one of the kids used, down it, give a sneer, and then he just sits perfectly still, and it looks like a guy just died in a chair. It does indeed. Mickey, Uh, you've set up a horde of traps in this place. You can barely take a step without setting something off. Yeah, Mickey's going to end up uh, hiding just in the bathroom. Leave the light off, leave the door, not completely closed, just slightly ajar so he can kind of see out and and hear. That's the best he can do there. All right. Mickey's portion, that did take a little while, so just close to midnight when everyone is, is settling in, and just as the clock strikes 12... you hear the rumbling sounds of motorcycles in the distance.
Those of you that are positioned to see windows, see headlights of the motorcycles coming down the street in front of the orphanage this time. And they stop at the front gate. One of them gets off a bike, swings the gate open. And he shouts, We told you all to leave! Were you smart enough to listen? And he waits for a moment. Doesn't hear anything, I presume? And he hops back on his bike, and the three motorcycles come into the driveway of the Arroyo Vista home for foundlings. And one of them reaches into a pack on the side of his motorcycle. These three gentlemen are dressed in pure white. Their motorcycles are white. But other than that, they look like a greaser gang. It's leather jackets, slicked back hair, dark glasses even at night. All of them are smoking cigarettes. Again, it's the 1950s. And one of them reaches into his saddlebags on the bike. And as he turns, you see that strapped across his back is a broadsword. It's the one thing that doesn't look super modern, super greaser on these guys. And he reaches into his saddlebag and pulls out two things. In one hand, he has a Tommy gun, and the other, he has a bottle of liquor with a rag sticking out of the top. And he hands one off to one of his buddies, reaches into his bag, grabs another, hands it off to the other, Mm. and they're starting to light the rags and are coming to the front door of the house. Joe is going to calmly stand up stay in the shadows, and go to the faucet, take off his coat, and soak his coat down. Fire's not a great deal. (laughs) Not a a great thing for Joe. And the first one gets to the door. He's the, seems to be the leader. He was the one that called out and everything. So he throws open the front door. (laughs) Mickey, does anything happen? When he throws open the front door? I'd say probably something does, yeah. Okay. They are signaling their intent to mess things up. So essentially they're entering this as if combat is about to start. Mm -hmm. So I think that means we would roll initiative. All right. Just roll your four fate dice and tell me what you roll. Negative one. I got a zero. All right. So they're going at zero. I got negative one as well. Can I spend a point to re-roll? Sure. No reason why not. One. Better off than everyone else. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, Joe, they've reached the front door. You said that you wanted to go to the bathroom, soak your coat. You can do something else before they get inside, if you wish. Make a phone call. Okay. There's the lonely sound as they're storming up the stairs. There is a lonely sound. The camera keeps panning back and forth, sees their feet crunch on the asphalt outside, then a round of the rotary phone. Mm -hmm. Another footstep crunches, another round on the rotary phone. Nice. The phone rings a couple of times on the other end, and then you hear Fred's voice, uh, hey there. Make the call. We we got some problems going on here. Make the call in, and he checks his watch, 90 seconds. Uh, But there's kind of a, a big deal going on here. What could possibly be more of a big deal than what I am doing? Well, there's a creepy lady in the back. Yeah. Is she still in her cocoon? And there's some fire out front. Okay, you're going to have to explain that next one. And that's my reference. (laughs) I'm like about to hang up like what? And Mickey, you go at the same time as the Holy Rollers, which I think is apropos as they open the door and sets off one of your traps. Yes. So the traps basically set something they need to overcome. Yeah, it's an obstacle for them. Yeah. There we go. 
And um, they're very tough obstacles because you got plus six on that yeah. roll. So that's what they need to yeah, roll. Yeah, exactly. So so rather than this being an aspect, it would just be, be an it would just be a, a level six obstacle that they have to there overcome to right. get into Damn. the house safely. Yeah. And then that would let, let me take my action normally. Yes. And so I will spend one fate point and go full wolf. Okay. So and that's and that's the entirety of my action. As in the bathroom, there's just horrible sounds of bones snapping and growling and snarling as I uh, go full wolf. That gives me a plus one to horror and plus one to action, minus one to comedy and drama for the rest of the scene. All right. So they open the door. Mickey, describe the first trap that's coming at them. As soon as the door is kicked open and as they're coming in, the camera shows a, a thin, not a rope, but a, a twine that was tied to the top corner of the door. As it's gone, the twine pulls, taking away a stick that was holding a large plank onto which he had basically jammed with his uh, increased strength uh, multiple pieces of cutlery, like knives, forks, and everything. That's just this large plank is swinging down and trying to slam into the first guy. Okay, and that first guy is going to try to overcome the obstacle of cutlery board. And not only did he not overcome a level six obstacle, he rolled negative two on a skill that has zero. I'm going to make him stick with horror for that because of how terrifying this is uh, to have this thing come at you. Uh, And so with that sort of of failure, I'm not going to knock off his stress boxes. I'm going to let him take a a severe consequence. And that severe consequence is going to be death by a thousand cuts. There we go. In the meantime, as all that is happening from inside the house, are just coming like these growls as, as he's transforming. So that's terrifying. Indeed. And uh, then Bump. Bump's just laying in under the bed and he's hearing all this, you know, start of the fight. Joe making his call. There's a howl. There's cracking bones. And Bump just kind of lays there underneath the bed and just finally says, Oh, this brings me back. <laughs> <laughs> this Good is times. nice. Good times. Good times. Yeah, his entire point was to get them by surprise. Mm-hmm. And he can't do much until they're inside this room. Sure, sure. Joe, Fred is explaining to you that the bar is on fire. Make the phone call in 90 seconds, and I'll figure that out one problem at a time. I don't know if there's going to be a phone in 90 seconds. Now I will allow the camera to go to our pseudo-protagonist, Fred. He's been brought directly into the action against his own will. And you see that the front door of the bar is aflame. And you can't make it out through the the windows because there's heat and smoke is kind of warping your view outside. But you see a couple of shadowy figures. And you think maybe a motorcycle out there. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this. Hang up the phone. Don't worry about the phone call. Call Swamp Thing. Tell him he can drink for free and we'll owe him a... A favor, if you can get the lagoon over to the waiting gibbous right now. He's made of water. He lives in water. He's got lots of water. Put it out. Don't worry about the phone call to me. And it slammed the phone down. And Joe is just looking straight ahead in the darkness. And there's just a sideways silhouette of Joe. And a massive fist, lightning fast, which goes boom into the wall above the phone. And then there's just the sound of footsteps as Joe is calmly going to areas that Bump did not make inky black darkness, like a, a seat next to the window and like a reading light. And he's just turning on lights one by one, mm-hmm. making sure that there is a massive shadow that sweeps over all of the windows as he turns them on. And then he's going down into the basement. I'm going to give you a fate point because I basically undid the advantage you rolled for earlier. No problem, appreciate it. 
So you actually, it's still a good thing that you had that that plan set up. You know, manager's job is never done. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that, by the way. I don't. Mickey, we're back to you. All right. You are full wolf. Yeah, Mickey bursts out of the bathroom and uh, yeah, he's not subtle. You guys can hide in shadows or whatever. Mickey is a werewolf. He bursts out of the bathroom, probably shattering the door in the process, and is going to try and devour the nearest person dressed in white. All right. So I'm going to say again, horror, because it's just, this is full werewolf, just disemboweling Mm -hmm. or attempt two. That is a minus one, but a plus four, so plus three total. All right, let's see how they defend. Uh, they only got a plus two. So yes, you definitely... Uh, do one, one shift of damage. Yes, uh, one shift of damage uh, to one of them. Uh, as you just kind of jump on him and probably pin him down to the floor. Yep. So the minion is you know, screaming because he was not expecting a werewolf in his face. Nobody ever expects a werewolf in their Nobody face. Nobody ever expects a werewolf they in face. They should know better in this town, but still. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the, the third one, because uh, you've got one guy that's been knifed, another guy that's been werewolf. The third guy who still has a Molotov cocktail in his hand is going to bring out his lighter really fast, light that mother up and is going to toss it towards the retreating form of Joe Lister. You haven't gotten all the way out yet. Sounds so good. He can see you leaving via the back door. Mm-hmm. So Joe, he is going to be lobbying a Molotov cocktail right at you. Okay. This is definitely going to involve my fire bad traits. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what that means. I know it's bad for me. So it is part of your high concept. So what I can do with this is rather than having you roll, Mm -hmm. I can just compel you to take the fire damage. Or you can pay me a fate point and you can roll as normal. I'll take the fire damage. Let's do this. Yeah. So he is going to throw this at you. I'm going to say that a Molotov cocktail gives him a plus two. Mm -hmm. That feels fair. He is using drama to... No, he's using action to roll. This is very action-y. So that's going to give him plus four. So that's four shifts of damage to you, Joe. Would, would his, uh, the fact that he wetted his coat down maybe reduce that by one? Oh, I would allow that to yeah. work as effectively armor. Yeah. So yeah, it's three damage. Okay, cool. Now you can either take the points of stress as is, or I believe you've got a, a level two consequence there and probably a four and a six. Mm-hmm. So what you could do is take a consequence mm-hmm. and then that diminishes the, the shifts of damage that you would have to take. I would like to take a consequence. I do have an idea for a consequence. Is it uh, is um, discharged rounds? The fire the fire hits my back and doesn't light, but it does light my my revolver, oh. and it just starts shooting. It just discharges all of the rounds. Okay. So I am effectively without a gun. For okay. Um, so pop 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 pop. And Joe is so unhappy right now. Um, I'll take that as a mild consequence. All right. So that is the holy rollers going. Bump. I assume you're still waiting? This is really nice. <laughs> What's cooking? <laughs> <laughs> smells pretty good. Maybe a little maybe a little old. A little old, that's alright. Again, I I expected us to do the ambush inside the bedroom, but I'll just they made this complicated with their Molotov cocktails. So I guess I'll just I'll just chill for now one more time. Okay. We're back up to Joe. A Molotov cocktail has has ignited all of your rounds. It doesn't stop you otherwise. You can keep going towards the cellar if you wish. A couple, couple rounds went straight through my foot, and Joe is just still walking. 
Joe is going to take off his coat, snuff out the rest of the flames, go outside and into the storm cellar. And then he's just going to get real quiet and wait. Okay. Mickey. Uh, he's going to continue trying to devour the uh, the Templar. All right. Him. Keep so, going for it. Yeah. That's not a great roll. Uh, so that's still three total. You take out one of the Templars. Yep. Viciously, bloodily, and uh, yeah. That code is no longer white. No, it's not. The camera shows um, some of the, the blood splatter going over yeah. the, the symbol on the back of his coat. Very supernaturally. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, just blending in perfectly with the ornate red cross that was on the back of it. Nicely done. And just Mickey just lets out a howl once uh, once the, the Templar stops struggling. It's like... Oh. So the Templar who had been knifed, he did also have a Tommy gun on him, and he sure. is going to use that on you, Mickey. Fair. He, I, I, a werewolf just devoured his buddy. It's going to be action again. That is uh, plus two. You can roll to defend. I can roll to defend. All right. Uh, that would be action, probably, to, to kind of yep. dodge out of the way or whatever. All right. Damn. Five to defend. So the the shots... Yeah. Supernaturally fast yeah. werewolf just, like, like, moves out of the way and snarls. And the third holy roller, the one that had thrown the Molotov cocktail at Joe, he's going to uh, go case the rest of the, the joint and he's muttering to himself as he walks through the darkened hallway. Because of course he's heading in the direction of Bump and he's muttering to himself, don't get paid enough for this shit. Probably stupid idiots, they hired some security, but they thought those thugs would be able to scare us away and didn't even move the kids. And he uses his foot to nudge open the door. And he laughs to himself as he sees all the little kitties tucked safe in their beds. Bump, you hear him fumbling with something. He's, he's trying to get something else ready to use in here. And then it's your turn. So as he's fumbling, he mumbles like, you know, you know, ah, I hate working with amateurs. And suddenly he hears on from under the bed, <laughs> I know, shadow brokers, am I right? And the beds all kind of just burst up. This is like something from the thing. And they get flown up as just tendrils of darkness just go to try to grab this man and just wrap around him and squeeze. Oh, I love it. Definitely horror. I got four. He rolled two, so you already have two shifts on him. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use the kitty's sleeping slumber. So this, mm-hmm. he's completely off, completely gone. So that gives me another plus two. Yep. So you're at the plus four. So, uh, four. So I'm on another one. Dark and shadowy four, uh, and that just gives me more power. So I'm on eight on him. So he had two. Two, and I had four, and then two. two. Yeah, I have so, so six. So you have, yeah. So you've got a total of four shifts on him. That'll do. Okay. The tendrils are attacking him? Yeah, they're uh, absolutely attacking him and just squeezing him and trying to mm-hmm. do damage. So the tendrils wrap around him and it's just enveloping him entirely. You see his face stretching up you know, like a, a drowning man trying to keep his head above water as the tentacles are wrapping around his neck. You haven't taken him out, but he is definitely immobilized and gasping for air. Perfect. And back to Joe down in the cellar. All right, well, things have kind of gone a little sideways. So Joe is going to leave the phone alone and is going to cut the power to the house. And you can do that without making a roll. Does Um, that include the anti-monster lights? So do you just pull, like, a master plug, or are you going through, like, switch by switch? I was going to go switch by switch, but... Joe's upset. So he just reaches up, grabs the entire bundle of cords, and yanks it out in one fell swoop. 
and that does take out the sodium vapor lights, spotlights in the front. So the entire house is plunged into darkness. Oh, <laughs> Christmas came again very quickly. Joe is going to open up the cellar door, loudly bursting out of it. Mm-hmm. And I was going to use it if there were still people alive, but there aren't. There's one. There is. There's, there's one guy, the, the guy that was uh, shooting that got, at Mickey with the Tommy gun. Yes. So mm. he's still alive. And technically the guy that Bump has is still alive. I'm keeping him alive for now. Just toying with him. So instead of tagging that door, Joe is going to walk around to the front of the house to where he heard the automatic Mm gunfire. Yeah, and I think it's going to take my turn. Okay, yep. I'm just going to face that dude. All right, so you're going back around to the the front. That means we are back to uh, Mickey. You have destroyed one of them. The guy with the Tommy gun is uh, going towards the back where he heard a banging sound. And it's also where the only hint of light is at this point because that back door was left open so we can see out. It's still dark in the desert, but you know, there's there's moonlight. So he's heading towards the back door. Yes. Okay, and Joe, you were you were out there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So instead of instead of trying to disembowel him, uh, Mickey is going to try and rush up to him from the back and basically like shove him out that door towards Joe. It's like, hey, here's yours. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna roll that. I'm gonna make that action because that's not really disemboweling or anything like that. Yeah, this is uh, he's making an advantage, so he'd be like the guy's tripping, and mm-hmm. Joe would get a plus can tag that for free. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, exactly. I'm creating I'm creating the uh, off off balance. Uh, I like mook. that. Yes. Uh, advantage. There we go. Three, so five. So that's so, a level, yeah, five success uh, aspect. Yeah. There is a free tag on yeah. uh, the aspect of off balance mook. Cool. Got it. So we'll leave that mook off balance and uh, go to the one that's trying to resist you, Bump. Cool. Um, so he is just trying to flail and get out of this situation. Uh, and not do well. So I, he's basically trying to attack you, but he's just clawing at you with his hands, mm-hmm. trying to get out. So that is a uh, just two damage or you know two attack. Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm at four. Yeah, so you're yeah. fine. And would I be next? Yes. Now I'm just trying to keep him from moving. Yeah. So this is me creating an obstacle. Yes. Cool. So I'm just gonna again that. Well, is... so you're creating the advantage, basically, um, kind of like Dan just did, of immobilized Mook. Yeah, I'm gonna try to immobilize him completely. Not great, but I get a plus. I got a negative one, but I got plus two for my advantage, plus horror, so four. Okay. Yeah, he's at negative one. Okay. Yeah. Good. So we've got an off-balance Mook heading into the backyard, and we have an immobilized Mook in the children's bedroom. Yeah, he's hanging upside down from the shadow cocoon around him. Part of that cocoon breaks off, and it like goes like as a tendril, then goes in front of the guy, and that's where Bump's face forms up, and he's like, Hi, we're going to talk. All right, back to you, Joe. So the back is where the playground was, right? Correct. I'm going to grab said off-balance Mook. All right. And he's got a atomic gun or something? Yes. All right. I would like to put him under my arm like a tantrum-ridden child, pinning both of his arms down like I'm carrying a bunch of luggage. And then I'm going to start walking towards the playground. All right. I'm going to need you to give me a roll to make sure that you can grapple him. Okay. And so this would be action? If you think so. Yeah. Uh, so, so that is a... Four by roll, mm-hmm. and then if I tag the... So he got a three. 
Okay. So you succeed automatically here. Okay. If you wanted to succeed with style, mm -hmm. then you could tag for free your off-balance MOOC. I would like to tag that for free, please. All right. So succeeding with style in this case means you absolutely have him wrapped up in one arm, carrying him kind of like a sack of potatoes under your arm, and he's actually going to stop fighting you. You can't see him well enough. You can't tell whether he's passed out, what you know, what's going on here, but he's not resisting you. Okay, cool. Mickey, did you have anything that you wanted to do? No, unless it seems like either it one of my like coworkers are in trouble, Mickey's gonna sort of like lay back on his haunches and scratch behind his ear and <laughs> his muscles still covered in the blood of the one he killed. Mm -hmm. You're hearing like the, the swirling hissing of tentacles off in the bedroom. You hear Joe's heavy footsteps outside. Yeah, those those are reassuring sounds to me. Exactly. There's no longer, you're not hearing any signs of, of struggle. Yeah. Uh, the one thing Mickey will do, like he'll relax a little, but he's still like on alert. Like he's listening sure. out. He doesn't know if there's any more. So that's basically his action. He's Effectively, just kind of like you're holding watching. your yeah, action here. Exactly. So the, the MOOCs are, for all intents and purposes, taken out. Uh, so we can go back into, Joe, which, what did you want to do with yours that you're hauling across the playground? Hauling across the playground, I'll pay a point to use destroyed playground. This is the 60s, so there was definitely a tire swing. And he's going to take up all of the, the ropes from the tire swing, tie them all together, keep the guy pinned down under one of his massive feet, and then he's going to take this length of rope and wrap one end and knot it around the foot of the guy. He leans down, lights a cigarette, so the illumination of the fire puts like a bright red coal into Joe's eyes. And he says, you ever see what happens when a chupacabra catches someone in the middle of the dark? And he picks him up and hoofs him like half a football field in the same direction <laughs> as when he threw the stick. And he's gonna wait, and then he's gonna start slowly pulling him back in. Oh. I'm going to go chupacabra fishing. There we go. <laughs> nice. So chupacabra fishing is happening out in the back. And uh, Bump, you wanted to talk to yours. Yes. I'm finally pulling some uh, the shadows away from his mouth. Bump's just going to be staring at him. Of course, it doesn't look like staring because it's just an inky bulb right in front of him. And he says, what were your plans with the children? He is uh, muttering prayers in Latin. Okay, I get it. I get it. You you found a big dark monster that's going to chew you up and spit you out. And that sounds terrifying, and you think you can pray to a higher power to save you. But here's the problem, buddy. Your god ain't coming down here to kick my ass. You need to talk to me before I show you what a monster I can be. And if you're not afraid of me, then I'm going to bring you to a real monster by the name of Senorita Blanca. And I want you to consider this. You tried to take her kids, and she's mighty pissed. What did you want with them? I feel like you need to intimidate him here. Yeah, drama. Is it drama or is it horror? I'll do horror. Horror. I'll do horror yeah. all the time. I, you are leaning into the fact that you are a monster, and you're threatening him with another scary yeah, monster. Yeah, no, makes, that makes complete sense. Right, uh, five. He's not going to tag because he can't overcome you. Um, so he had a, uh, a zero. It wasn't uh, wasn't about the kids at all. Uh, well, it seemed like you were excited that the kids stayed behind. Well, it's because it's just going to just gonna scare them a bit. Just going to scare them a bit. Oh, you scared them a lot. But now I'm going about to scare you if you don't stop talking. The, the, the boss sent us out here. He, he divided us. Uh, said half of us were to come out here again. And the other half were uh, to stay in old Hollywood. 
Old Hollywood, why? He's working with a new guy. New guy's got some beef with some some assholes that own a bar. Oh, who's the new guy? Is he big? Is he real freaking big? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh no! And I squeeze him a little bit. Uh, 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 I'm telling Why you the you... truth. And I kind of pause. He wasn't after Senorita Blanca, was he? He just wanted to. This is a distraction, and suddenly the guy is like thrown against the wall as if, as if somebody like spat out a loogie and he just gets stuck there. Joe, as you're chupacabra fishing, mm-hmm. uh, you hear Joe as Bump is running to find you. Mickey, you see shadows basically rushing past you. I rush after them as well. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we'll go to Joe. Let him do, get a, a couple words in before he, I finally get a hold of him. All right, I'm doing the Batman thing where I'm just like pulling him <laughs> and like in the distance. There are uh, gleaming eyes that are getting closer oh, yes. and closer. And pull them back in. Oh, you know, the problem with tossing you over and over is my arms start to get tired. My arms start to get tired. I won't be able to pull you back in, buddy. See, it's been a hell of a night. It's been a hell of a night. I don't make a lot of money, and I really liked that coat. You know, see, the thing about this coat is a minus one coat, and I loved that coat. I knew what that coat felt like. I know how much it weighed. I know how much it costs you. I don't give a shit about you. There's a hundred different people like you. What's your name, kid? It doesn't matter what your goddamn name is because you're going to tell me what's going on and then I might not throw you to those chupacabras again. So, spill the beans. What's it going to be? Joe! 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 Oh, you got one. <laughs> I, got, I got one, too. Yeah, okay. Uh, hold on a sec. My friend and I need some space. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, bud? This wasn't about Senorita Blanca. The Templar, the Knights Templar, big guy, I think he's working with Big Pete. They knew that if you attacked Blanca, I would feel obligated to go and try to check this out. This was to get us away from the waning gibbous. Oh, that makes sense because the bar's on fire. <laughs> we got to get there. We don't have any. We, we got rid of our hearse. How are we going to? And I pause. And we then I, both. I pause. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. We both pause. And then we look over at to Mickey as he walks up, and there's a bloody motorcycle jacket yeah. in his mouth. And then we look back towards Joe. That's right. And then I think it's just a splash cut to us getting on the bikes. Did mm-hmm. they leave the keys? They left the keys. Everything was running. And in fact, as you are uh, approaching the, the bikes, you realize that they are outfitted with sodium vapor headlights. Ooh. So oh. you're easily able to walk yeah. around a headlight. but. Yeah. It's a good thing that you met them inside rather than meeting them out front. (laughs) I can see. Did you just leave that guy out there for the chupacabras? No, I didn't. Good. I can see, like, as you're driving off, the chupacabras like, hey, we're not animals, by the way. You treat it. You're acting like we're monsters. No wonder they treat us like monsters. You drive away. (laughs) Friggin' (laughs) tease. We drive off, and the person in front is Bump, and then it is the second bike is Mickey. And then the third bike is Joe heaving heavily onto a bike and attached behind it about 30 yards is a dragging, screaming, like, ah! holy roller. In the, in the tires. I love it. Yeah. We cut back to the waning gibbous. The three of you driving up. Fred is standing out front of an inferno. Oh, my baby, my baby's in there, my baby grand piano. 
uh, yeah, Bump's gonna run towards the fire. As you run towards the fire, uh, suddenly from the shadows you hear a familiar hissing. He, he spins around, like twists his body 360 degrees. If he had a spine, it would snap. And he looks towards like the shadows and he's like, oh, darling, my baby. Oh, you're not my piano. Blanca, Blanca, oh, thank goodness. And he's running towards the shadows. Yep. And Senorita Blanca has reformed there. Normally she's dripping water. Uh, in this case, she's bone dry. He, he hugs her uh, out of, uh, you know, happiness. Like, hey, the kids are fine. The kids are fine. But uh, we sent them over to a boarding house. Everything's fine. It was the Templar, and it was just to get us away from our, our waiting gibbous. And he turns back, and he's just staring at this inferno. Joe's just standing there, silhouetted in the conflagration. There's an explosion from inside, and he... That was the good liquor. Yeah, and he catches one of the bottles, still flaming, lights his cigarette with it, blows out the uh, flaming top, and then takes a swig, goes over to a fire hydrant, and just kicks off the front of the fire hydrant, putting what little water can be used on the... What once was the waning gibbous? And then he kind of watches it burn. And eventually you hear sirens in the distance. The fire department certainly was not going to proactively come out here, but they're not going to let a whole block burn down. Could I make a suggestion? On the fire truck that drives by is a familiar face, Swamp Thing, wearing a a fireman hat. Now we finally figure out what Swamp Thing does. Mm -hmm. He is a fireman. No wonder he drinks so much. <laughs> exactly. And he and yes, they wouldn't have come out here to old Hollywood. They probably had some, somebody probably called in some connections, you know, take your time. Hmm. But he got the call from Fred, like you asked, David, mm-hmm. and he, he did come here. But of course, it is, it is too late still. The waning gibbous is... Is gone. Is gone. Joe? Yeah, Bumpo. Do you think my wigs are Okay. I think a Marie Antoinette style wig flaming just lands right next to you. When you took from Trixie. Let me eat cake. <laughs> Let me eat cake. He just kind of falls on the ground and grabs it as it's like, and as he's like patting it down and just brings it to his chest. No! Talk about a bad hair day. Joke's on them. We didn't have insurance. <laughs> Mickey, what, what's going on with yeah, you? Mickey's just like staring wide-eyed at the fire and uh, kind of walks up next to Joe. Hey, uh, Joe. Yeah, Mickey. My, 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 my good moonshine was in there. You mean the... That's it. That's There's like a gout of flame straight up, like, uh, you know, like Gondor calls for aid style. <laughs> it's like it's like colored blue. Like, it's just like... <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it right there. A couple of spirits. Actual ghosts. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it right there. That was, uh, that was my grandma's moonshine. Um, listen, I, I don't know if I have a job anymore because there's no bar. But uh, if, if you feel up to, like, just killing a whole bunch of people, I'm kind of feeling in the mood. Yeah, make that the three of us. They used Senorita Blanca to lure us away from our bar. And Cinerator with Blanca's right standing next to me. We, we, <laughs> they took it away from us. And it was Big Pete. It was Big Pete. And he's working with the Knight Templar. Well, can't pay any of you guys for this. You know that, right? That's all right. I mean, I'll take payment in blood. I'm, I'm just saying, I, 
I really just want to kill a whole bunch of people right now. I'm sure I'll find someone to pay for this. Alright. Well. Then they made a big mistake. Without the waning gibbous, they're not going to know how to find us. And I think that is how we close out another episode of Nitrate City. Woo! Nice. We lost the waiting. This is, yeah, this, oh, is, this is our dark gritty reboot. <laughs> yeah, I love it. This is I love definitely it. the this is definitely the the uh, uh, Empire. Yeah. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back version. I really did like that. Yeah. I, was, I liked that. So this I was right though, right? The, the, they used us to lure us away to oh that was so good. Oh, they know me so well. Nicely played. Nicely played. Now now yeah. we are going to devastate you. I got some bad news, guys. Me and uh me and senior writer but Blanca decided to break up. <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> so we have another gang that's looking for us. Well, it just wasn't working. The out. children are out for blood. Our blood. Listen, I got some bad news. I slept with Senorita Blanca's sister. She has a sister? Yes, several of them. Oh my God. So, what is our question for the audience? What does the camera pan over in the ins? in the interior of the waning gibbous that is on fire. What iconic imagery is going up in flames as the final swell of uh, orchestral or, orchestral blues uh, jazz starts to uh, take us off. And I think that's it. Tune in next time for more tales of monsters and mobsters and possibly revenge. Thank you for listening, everyone, and good night. As longtime listeners know, Fandible does have a Patreon where we offer all kinds of extra goodies for our listeners, including early access to our Friday episodes. Plus, anyone that donates at $5 or higher gets access to our monthly Fandible notebook, where each of us, in turn, offers bonus content that you could bring directly to your table. And this month, people are getting a supplement for Nitrate City. It is all about the mobsters. So the people that were introduced back in our holiday episode and some of whom returned this week, if you want to learn more about them, if you want to bring them to your own Nitrate City game or any sort of monster, pulpy, mobster game, all you have to do is sign up for the Fandible Patreon at the $5 level or higher and you automatically get access to that. Plus, you'll get over a year's worth of original content, including supplements for games like Nitrate City or Star Wars or Shadowrun, original games like Three Goblins in a Trench Coat or We Are the Cartoon Heroes or other fake games like my own Out of the Box. So you can find that at patreon.com slash fandible. Hey, everybody. This is Billy from Fandible Podcasting Network. Thank you so much for listening. We loved having you here. If you want to follow more of Fandible's crazy hijinks, go to our Twitter or Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at Fandible or at Facebook at Fandible. I know, we're creative like that. Thank you so much, and remember, the ink monster wants to eat you.